Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Thank you. Father, thank you so much for your anointing and your presence on me and on every heart. And I pray that we would learn something wonderful about you today, Lord God. Amen. Give someone a hug. Someone next to you, give them a loving hug. Make them feel good. Thanks, Musos. God bless you. Praise God. So good to be in church. Good decision. Come to church. We are doing a series on Old Testament characters. And today I am going to speak about Ruth. Yes, the thought crossed my mind. Haven't preached about her, I don't know, ever really, certainly for a long time. Ruth, a gentle, beautiful, heroic woman. What can we learn from Ruth? Ruth was living in the time of judges before the kings and it was a turbulent, dreadful time full of war, full of change of government and all sorts of nasty things were going on. And yet within this black time in history, we look at Ruth and we learn that individuals' lives matter and that even within dark historical times, lives can be beautiful and peaceful and wonderful. As my friend McLaren says, the blackest times are not so dismal in reality as they look in history. And uh, some may say we're living in a very dark time. You can turn the television on and feel like, oh, you know, there's global warming and climate change and terrorism and ISIS and, and all sorts of gross... <laughs> what was that? McDonald's. McDonald's. Oh, Donald Trump. Oh. I thought you said McDonald's. I was like, okay, I don't mind McDonald's. But, you know, fast food is an issue for some. Um, I was thinking more in lines of terrorism and, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's very dark and morally our world is just, it's going downhill so fast. It's, it's almost, it's shocking to me how quickly we seem to be descending into the pit. And yet within that, Life can be beautiful and wonderful and our lives can be precious and special. And that's what we learn from the book of Ruth, that no matter what's going on, you know, sometimes your individual life is, is in, encapsulated and, and, and kept separate by God and you have the opportunity to have a beautiful and a noble life. And that's what we want to have. And so it's lovely that God has a book like this about someone like Ruth who had a simple life really in some ways and yet it was very precious to God that he had this book about this one individual in the Bible, in amongst all the big men and the leaders and they were doing this, that and the other but here is just a life. And it's a beautiful one. And we can be encouraged by this because for most of us, we just lead a life. And we want to be sure that our life is beautiful and excellent just as Ruth's life was. So let's be encouraged. I feel in God that we will have our own books 
when we get to heaven. And there'll be the book of Aaron and the book of Haley and the book of Bethany and John and Kath and Martin Gooding and, and we'll have our books and they'll be lovely to read and, and probably well edited by the Holy Spirit. And so let's be sure, let's be sure that we have a, a, a good book and that when we get up there and people go to the library of heaven, they say, I think I'll read the book of Linda Brady. What's in that book? And, and people will be so encouraged and blessed by it. And in the meantime, before we get to heaven, our life is a book right now. And people can look at us and learn so much from each individual and be encouraged and inspired. So we want to be like this beautiful Ruth. So let's just have a little look at the history of Ruth. Uh, It came to pass, Ruth chapter 1 verse 1, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem went to dwell in the country of Moab. So he left Israel and he went to live with the Moabites, who were not God's people, not good people. He went with his wife, his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his sons were Marlon and Chilion. They went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. She was left with her two sons. They took two wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then Marlon and Chilion also died. So the women survived her two sons and her husband. So we begin with them making the decision to leave the promised land because of the famine. Was it the right decision or not? We don't know. It doesn't make it clear. Possibly not. It's never really a great idea to leave, you know, the promised land, to leave the land of Israel and, and go looking somewhere else. Maybe, you know, I mean, obviously God worked it out for good because they met Ruth, but, you know... Generally, it's good to stay in the land where God has placed us, especially if it's the promised land and the land where you're meant to, meant to be. And just sometimes, you know, we, we try to run away from our crosses. We sort of go, oh, I don't want to have to deal with this. I'm, gonna, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave. I'm leaving him. I've had enough. I'm going to go and find a better husband or a better wife. Not really, darling. I'm, it's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm, it's too hard here. I'm going to go. But the Bible says to take up your cross, not run away from it. So we want to be careful before we make decisions to run off from difficulties because sometimes it's out of the frying pan into the fire really, isn't it? Be be sure that you know where you're meant to go and running away certainly doesn't always work and, you know, there were some positives here but generally it wasn't that great. I mean, you escape a famine so that you can live and yet Elimelech and both sons died so... Maybe not such a great decision. Stay where God's put you. So Naomi decides, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Israel, back to Bethlehem. She was from Bethlehem. So she went out where she was. Her two daughters-in-law decided to go with her, Orpah and Ruth. And Naomi said, no, don't come. Verse 8, go and return to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you. I, I, I just want you to be blessed. I pray you find rest, but go. And they wept. But they said, no, no, we want to come with you. But she kept saying, no, don't come with me. I, I've, got, I've got nothing. The Lord's dealt, she said, the Lord has, been, has dealt bitterly with me. She said, don't stay. And she says, look, I've got, because, you know, they'd have the tradition that they could marry other sons of hers so that they could, you know, have families and all that. She says, I'm not going to have sons. I'm too old. It's not going to happen. So Orpah decided to go. She made the decision to leave. 
and she sinks back into the world. Interestingly, opera was named after this woman and her father misspelt it. <laughs> That's a fact. I've heard her say it. And so she's opera or Oprah, whatever it is. But Orpah went back into the world. But Ruth clung to her. And she said these words. They're so beautiful. They make me cry. I don't know, don't know why. But here they are. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. I don't know why I'm crying. I haven't even started preaching. (laughs) They're just such beautiful words. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking and the two of them came back to Bethlehem together. And so, oh, they must be some of the most beautiful words ever written in literature. Are they Martin Gooding? You're an expert on these things. Number four. (laughs) All right. The fourth most beautiful thing ever written. Um, And now I'm crying so much I can't read what I wrote. (laughs) Sorry. Just compose myself. Um, just such such faithfulness and such beauty is, is so so lovely to see. She loved Naomi so much and she just made her decision. I'm just gonna stay with you. I'm gonna I'm not gonna leave you, I'm gonna be with you. And <clears throat> and this was a choice, and it's a choice we all have to make, is who are we gonna be with? Who's gonna be our people? And Ruth had seen something in Naomi. You know, she, Naomi said that the Lord had been hard on her and Naomi certainly wasn't particularly blessed in some ways. Her, her husband and her two sons had died. She was childless and husbandless. She didn't have much money at all. They were very poor and she wasn't young anymore. She wasn't sort of, you know, good-looking and young and gorgeous anymore. She's just a, a middle-aged lady. And yet there's something about her that Ruth says, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not leaving you because Ruth still had that love for God. She still had her great heritage of understanding and knowing the true God and that was more than the Moabites had. The Moabites were not a great people, descendant from Lot. They were not a great people. They weren't following God properly and Ruth knew what, what they had and she didn't want that anymore. She said, I don't, I, I don't want that anymore. And she was prepared to leave all of that and possibly leave a better future. She didn't know what was in front of her, but she knew she could have gone back there and, and possibly married again. She could have hung out with Orpah. She, could have, she had her mum and her dad. She had her, all her family, all her friends that she grew up with, everyone. And this isn't, you know, we're not talking telephones and Skype and catch up with everyone. When you leave in those days, you really leave. You probably never see anyone again. Unless you're prepared to make the the trek back, which, you know, they didn't. Not much. So she was choosing to leave all of that because Naomi had something that she wanted more than all of that. And I believe that it was all about God. It was about truth. Flawed as you are, you have more of God on you than I've seen on any other person. 
You have God. I see God in you. I see the truth and I want that and I will follow that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to have a great big success. I don't know what that means. We don't always know what it means to follow God. God leads us in some very mysterious ways. But I know you've got God and I want God. And that's the choice we've got to make. We've got to choose God. And we might see God on people and when we see God on people, I want it. I'll go there. I'll get that. I'm going to follow that. And let's all have that heart that we will follow after God and follow after whoever has God. Make the choice. How lovely to be drawn to the fountain of love by such beautiful representatives as Naomi must have been. She must have been godly in so many ways. And my conviction is that if we had more older people like Naomi, more older women and more older men like Naomi and and men like that, we would have more younger people like Ruth because they would look up and say, wow, look at you. I'm going to follow you. You've got something. I like seeing a church that has a lot of different ages like our church. It's good that we've got old and young and it's good that we're forced to mix with with different age groups because of our size. It's very healthy. And I just pray that as we get older, we are such such an amazing example that young people go, I just love what you've got and I want want something of that. I want something of God on you. She said, your people will be my people. I don't, if they're anything like you, I want to be with them. If they're a friend of yours, then I'm going to like them. I'm going to stay with you. And I can see that God's on you, so I'm going to follow that. And that's, that's what we've got to be like. We've got to have that, that heart that Paul wrote about so beautifully. He said that I'm prepared to suffer the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I might, be found, that I might find you. And Ruth originated that. She, she saw that right from the start. So that's what she wanted. Choose your people. Choose your people. Come on. Your people are your destiny. So you choose God's people and not the people of this world. You, you choose them. You want God's people. Outside of your people, you won't find your destiny. And even within God's people, you keep choosing because there's a lot of different types of Christians. So I, can have, I, I just have that sense when I look at my life of, of choosing, choosing, choosing. I, I grew up with a particular kind of people on the North Shore, very nice people, successful people, you know. And, and you know, I like them. They're nice people, but they weren't my people. I just, they just weren't. I just, I just wasn't, I just wanted God. I wanted truth. I didn't just want a nice house in Warunga. you know what I'm saying? It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. So I, was, I can remember hunting for my people. Where are they? You've got to find those hungry, godly people. And, and I can remember seeing them at the beginning in the Anglican church. And they were lovely and noble and good people. But then I wanted more. I went, there's more. And I just remember meeting people and going, yes, this is, this is the best I've seen. This is the best. So you find those people. And if you find your people, you find your destiny. People are looking for their destiny. Don't look for your destiny. Look for your people because you're part of a body. So it's no good if you're a hand going, I'm going to find my destiny. I'm going to find my destiny. Find your arm and you'll find out how you work. It's, it's a team. It's how we work together. Once you find your people, you fit in. And you know, the interesting thing is when in church life, it doesn't necessarily mean they're all like you. Actually, your people will be quite different from you because there's only two hands on this body. There's only two arms. So there's kind of like, well, I feel like there's not very many people like me. That's right. 
because we don't want too many people like you. In the world, like where I came from, in the North Shore, all the brains hang out together and they all go to parties together and then all the, you know, and all the hands hang out together and they have a lovely time because they all agree with each other because they're all brainy. But that's not the way it works in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, we're all different. And so you sort of think, oh, I don't really fit in with him. He's just such an awkward foot. Why can't he be more like a hand? It's like, well, he's a foot. So you can see that once you find that body, you fit and you work well. And you don't have, you know, you, you, don't, you don't necessarily get to have a lot of goes at this. So be very careful. You know, we, we know we've got to choose Christendom and God's people. And, and, of course, there's a little bit of movement amongst there. You know, we might have a different job or have to change churches for some reason. But just, just be careful. I'm not sure that Ruth had many Naomi's that were going to come along. I'm not sure. I really, I think you've got to be very careful being too now this and this one and this one. And I just see some people moving around and I think, you might lose your destiny if you keep switching around people because you're, you're well placed to be with a certain people in a certain time and a certain place. Don't mess with your destiny. Know where it is and stay there. My old friend Mike Hankins used to say, everybody wants to live in covenant but nobody wants to give blood. It's not easy living in covenant, but that's what you've got to do. You've got to give blood. If you want to have covenant relationships, give blood. Give blood. It takes real blood and sweat and tears to stay together sometimes. I was asking Linda Brady, I said, what, how did you choose your people? What, what made you want to stay with Christian people after she came into C3? She said, I just, I just wasn't interested in going back to my old friends. It wasn't an option. Wasn't interested. And I, and I said, and what about when you came up here? What, what made you want to stay? She said, I could see that you were wise and good. I could see that. And I just wanted to be here. I said, what about your own family? She said, we we're just building different ways. They're building towards the world. And I wanted to build towards the kingdom. So sometimes it's just so clear where you belong, isn't it? You feel it inside of you. And then with, with I was just talking to Bethany about... You know, when you're young and you've got your school friends and all your friends and who do you hang out with? And you've just got to keep choosing your people. And, you know, Bethany's she's very good. She says, sometimes I just know I'm not supposed to go to a party. I just know I'm not supposed to hang out there. And she says, but you want to, you know. When you're young, you want to go to the latest party or go to the latest place, but you can feel inside of you. No. And so that choice, it's not, I mean, with Ruth, it seems like a pretty much a one-off choice but sometimes it's a bit of an ongoing choice you just are you just going to keep going to the parties keep hanging out keep hanging because if you keep hanging out with those people well you're kind of with them aren't you you know and you because you're not you're not hanging out with your real people and you don't have time to you don't even know you know that we're all madly painting on friday or whatever or you're just not around but if you hang out with your people you find out what we're doing you do stuff together and you're, you're choosing. So sometimes that choice is a little ongoing and sometimes you, you, you know. You've got to obey though. You've got to choose the right people and keep choosing and enjoy it. So Ruth stayed. She trusted God, went to Bethlehem and when they arrived, everyone was excited that they'd arrived. But there's no mention of welcome. Now, you know anything about these people, they were hospitality was huge very important you know Abraham meets strangers he's like wait there I'll get get a killer lamb you know and look after them when Ruth and Naomi arrived they go 
is this Naomi? That's it. That's the welcome. I just thought that was classic. Is this Naomi? Have you seen Naomi? She's really got grey hair. She looks terrible. I know. And But everyone's like, classic. I told her she shouldn't have gone. Like, why did she, she should have stayed with us? And Doesn't she look awful? She looks so old. Have you ever met people that say when you meet people, can I just give you a little hint if you ever meet someone, you haven't seen them for a while? Don't say, oh, someone said that to me the other day. Okay, this is what they said. I'm just going to share this with you, okay? So I hadn't seen them for a little bit. I said, hello, hi. You're going, oh, you've got grey hair. They said that to me. I'm like, hello, this is natural. This is pretty good for my age. Yes, I have five or six grey hairs, but seriously, what kind of a welcome is that? Oh, there's a grey hair there. I'm like, hi, nice to see you. Like, don't do that. Don't say you look old. You've got great, oh, you look, we've all had that. Hi, how are you going? You look tired. Are you okay? You look so tired. I'm like, well, I was feeling fine before I saw you. (laughs) If you just see someone, say something nice about them, you know? And so Naomi comes back and they're like, is this Naomi? Like, is that, they didn't even recognize, they were like, oh, Naomi, not very welcoming. But, and she, I don't know if she's being sarcastic or, just agreeing with them. She says, yeah, don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter, Mara. The Lord has, been, has dealt bitterly with me. I went out full. The Lord's brought me back empty. The Lord has afflicted me. So Ruth is just getting to meet these lovely people for the first time and um, arrives. And then what happens? Wow. <laughs> that wasn't so nice, was it? I can honestly imagine Ruth going, oh, what have I done? I hope this is going to work out. I love, I love Naomi, but okay. It didn't seem like a very friendly welcome. And so let me just encourage you. Choose your people and then handle the people that you've chosen. <laughs> and go, oh, I see. You know, you, you join the church and you think, these are the best people I've ever met. I can't believe it. I love this place. And then you sort of dig a little deep and you go, oh, what's all this about? Look, no one's perfect, okay? You choose the best people you can choose and then you find out that they're okay. <laughs> but there's no one better out there, so what are you going to do? You've got to stick with us. You've got to stick with who you've chosen because it's not getting any better. People are very messy and they have their issues and they're not necessarily always as friendly as we want. But you know what? We just stay and we give and we be involved, before I came to C3, I was so excited about healing. I started, I'd picked up a Kenneth Hagen book. And um, so I was reading Kenneth Hagen and I was like, wow, I didn't, know you could, I didn't know healing was part of the whole deal. How cool is that? So I just read him and read him and read him and I practiced it and I tried it and I was so excited that it worked. You know, God actually is the Lord who heals. I was so excited by that. And then when I came into C3, I was like, these are Pentecostal people. So these are the people that are into healing. Way. You know, I thought I, it just all matched up. And I always remember I went to a kitchen tea. Some of the girls got to tell me, I said, come along to a kitchen tea. So I went to the kitchen tea and I remember, and I was very strict Haganite. Like, you know, you would never hear the words, I am sick. They just did not come out of my mouth. That was like my confession was, and I just did it. Right. So I went along to his kitchen tea and I heard all the girls chit-chat, chit-chatting about all sorts of things and I was just like, oh, I can remember being quite shocked. I was like, you, you guys haven't got a clue when it comes to healing. Like, your confession is shocking. I just remember, I didn't say anything. I was just like, oh, you, 
oh, this isn't, no, you, you, you don't know how to do it. And, and then other things I was chat, chatting about too at the kitchen table, I was like, oh, <laughs> right, okay. So then I discovered, guess what? They're human, they're normal, they're, they're not perfect and they don't necessarily do everything the way I do. That's okay. I just went, oh, okay, that's all right. I get it. I get it. I just kind of got it. It didn't make me upset or angry or anything. I just got it. I went, okay, they're a bunch of people. Get over it. So the answer then is to turn around and give, 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 give. So as soon as I got half a chance, I was up there at Bible college teaching on healing. I did a whole healing session and kept teaching at Bible college down there for 18 years about healing and taught, taught, taught. And, and uh, you know, Kate and Richard Forsyth came to our connect group and now they teach on healing. And so, you know, you just stay and be part of the solution. Because you're part of the body, you're going to come and go, well, I don't think this hand's functioning very well. Well, make it function. You're a hand. We need you. Start, start using it. Bono said this, people rid the room of argument until they have no one left except people who agree with them. It's understandable, but I like a good argument. You don't, you, you don't get rid of arguments and disagreements and problems. You don't, get rid, you don't just get rid of it. Just keep them in and work together. It's cool. So Ruth chose wisely. She chose godly people. She chose the best she could and then she stayed with them. She made that commitment. I'm going to stay. Where you die, I will die. I'm going to stay with you. That's the commitment she made. And no matter whether they're perfect or not, she stuck with that commitment. Now we look at what Ruth was like and just following over the next couple of years or so, Ruth had a relative, or Naomi had a relative, called Boaz. We don't really know what the name means, by the way, because we're not sure if Ruth is a Moabite word or an Israeli word, a Hebrew word. But if it's a Hebrew word, they say it means beautiful friend, because she was a beautiful friend. And we still only have that in English in the sense that we have ruthless, but we don't say Ruth so much, but as an as a adjective. But... She was a beautiful friend, but she was also an excellent woman. And they were very poor, and so she had to go and work hard in the fields and glean. Now, gleaning is when other people are, you know, bringing in the harvest and whatever's left over, the, the poor people could come and collect. So this is sort of like the original work for the doll program, basically. She's, she's got, they've got nothing. Like, they've got no means of provision at all. So she has to go out and collect the grain to survive. They were very, very poor. And so she worked hard in the fields and she was, you know, just wonderful. The word later on that came in, Boaz said this about her. Um, now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do all that you request. For all the people of this town know that you are a woman of excellence. Now, I looked that word up, it's kail, and they use the word to mean army most of the time. Like if they say an army, they use that word. I'm like, that's interesting. So she was a, an army. She was a woman of strength and courage. She was a force to be reckoned with. She was strong. And I love that concept that 
that he recognised and people said, this is, you're an excellent woman. And so we see excellent in her, excellence in her choice. But then again, we see it in the way that she just lived her life over this period of time. She worked hard in the field. She was happy to go and do some basic work. We've got to work hard in life, you know. And sometimes when it comes to jobs, you just don't always have the exact job you like. Sometimes, you know, you, you just can't get a fancy job. I don't know, Ruth probably smarter than gleaning in the fields, but that's all she could get, so that's what she did. And so that's, that shows a spirit of excellence to be prepared to be diligent and work hard and do whatever you have to do. Take whatever job you have to take. And we've all of us been through seasons in life. I know I've had, I had plenty of time cleaning. I mean, I'm still cleaning all the time, but that was my job for a while. And you know, I didn't, I kind of felt like, you know, maybe that I could do more with my brain apart from clean, but God wants me to clean, I'll clean. That's a noble job to do, needs to be done. So just do whatever you need to do and don't sort of feel, you know, I don't want to do this or I don't like working like that. Part of being excellent and being a virtuous, courageous person is to do what needs to be done and work hard. I always remember when back a while ago there was high unemployment. My dad was a dentist. And he always used to, he could never, ever get dental nurses, ever. He could never employ them because no one wanted to be a dental nurse. And so there'd be these, you know, on the news, you'd see these unemployment rates are getting higher and higher and youth unemployment. And dad would go, scratch his head and goes, I can't ever employ someone in Chatswood as a dental nurse. A young, he wanted a young person because they just didn't want the job. So he's like, what's that all about? And it's about Australians being picky, saying, oh, I don't want to do that job. I want to do something else. It's like, well... So Ruth worked hard. She obeyed Naomi. Now, she worked and obeyed Naomi in, in gleaning in the field. And then she obeyed Naomi in a very unusual way because by God's providence, the field that she gleaned in was Boaz. And Boaz was actually related to Naomi. So Boaz had this opportunity to redeem them, to rescue them, to, to, to marry Ruth and redeem them. And that was just chance, God, that she worked in that field. So Naomi had this idea and Boaz liked Ruth. He noticed her. He noticed how hard she was working. He had his eye on her. He was watching her. And so then Naomi said, all right, you, you know, you, you could, she's thinking, you could marry him. He's your, he's your relative. And that's what they did. The relative could marry and then redeem the situation and get the name back for the family. So She's, Naomi's thinking, you could marry her, marry him. So they did, this is what she said. I want you, after, they've, after you've taken in the harvest and you've been winnowing and the threshing floor, they used to sleep in there to protect the harvest. Wash yourself and not yourself and go and sleep at his feet and put his, you know, because he might have a blanket over his feet, put the blanket over you and then when he wakes up, say, what do you want me to do? So this is Naomi's plan. And I just read that and... I can't get around it. It is really odd. It's odd. I mean, there's no getting around it. That is a strange plan. And I've read every single commentator I could on the plan. And they're all trying to get around it because Ruth was a very virtuous, noble woman. Naomi's a good woman. And I don't care what era we're talking about. Women sleeping next to men, weirdly, under their blankets, is not generally noble. Now, some of the commentators desperately trying to get around it go no 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 no. in that time it was considered okay really that it was like a servant she was being like a servant to him but others go no no that this is this was and one guy says 
well, it's certainly not something to be copied, you know, like, and, and I think if you look at the text, you can see that it was odd because Boaz says, he says later on um, when they had their little chat, you know, they talked, they kept it really pure because they were both good people, but he said, um, just, just go now quickly while it's still dark. So I'm thinking, even within the text, even at that time, he must have known, this is a little bit strange. This is a little bit unusual to be doing this. So here's the point about this. Ruth obeyed Naomi and Naomi asked her to do something a little bit weird and yet God worked it out. And I guess my take on that is that sometimes things are just a bit weird. Sometimes your pastor or the people that you're with, your people that you've chosen, they want you to do something weird. And sometimes you might feel to do it, sometimes not, and you've got to go to God about it. But sometimes things are just a bit odd in God. I've had that where I think, yeah, this is kind of weird, but it's just God. It's sort of right. And we don't always have the answers. And I I tried and tried to get some sort of understanding of this and breakthrough in this. But at the end of the day, I just think it's a bit weird. It's a bit odd. It's a bit unusual. The Bible's full of odd stuff. And when we get to heaven, we'll go, no, I mean, was that really right what you asked? You're like, well, it was a bit kind of out there, you know, but I thought it was okay. And we all do things sometimes that are a bit out there. And you know what? Sometimes God actually puts his stamp of approval on it. Maybe God said it's okay in this instance. I can really trust Ruth and Boaz. He's a man of steel. He won't do anything wrong. You know, I don't know. But it was odd. So, again, choose your people, but your people might sometimes do things that are just a little bit, what? And, and just, that's okay. We're all different. Trust God. Keep seeking God. He'll sort it out. And so Ruth said, Ruth was basically saying, I, I want you to marry me. I want, I want you to rescue our situation. And Boaz says, I'm going to do it. I want to look after you. He had to sort a few things out, but he basically said, I will. So... Once again, we see Ruth working her way through some interesting situations. And what it was really was that she trusted God. And that's what made her life beautiful. She chose Naomi to follow her, but she was trusting that God would do something great in her life. She was working in the fields, but she was trusting that God had something good for her career. She was finding herself doing some pretty unusual things but she was trusting that God would keep her reputation right and keep her virtue and keep her safe and he did and I just feel like God is saying to us look at the life of Ruth and be excellent and beautiful and heroic and make good choices but also just to trust him in all of this Hebrews 13.5 says this. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know in that, those words there in the Greek, the Greeks somehow have managed to fit five negatives into that word. I don't even bother translating them all in the English. So it's more like, I will not, never leave you, nor ever, no way not forsake you. No, I will not let you down. I won't drop you. I won't depart from you. I won't leave you. I'm going to stay with you. And I won't 
let you go. I'll keep my hand around you. And there's five negatives in that sentence. I love it. Never, 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 never will I let you go. I'm not going to drop you. And so wherever we're at in our individual lives, like Ruth, we can trust God. Ruth was faithful to Naomi and Ruth chose Naomi's people. But God has chosen us. And just as Ruth said, I'll never leave you to Naomi, God says that to us. He'll never leave us. So whatever situation we're in, whether we're like Ruth, Ruth's husband died. This is tragedy. And yet she trusted God through that tragedy and something better came up. Another God redeemed the situation. Ruth was poor, poor, poor that she had to go and scrounge food. But she trusted God and God brought her through the financial pressure. Ruth was alone and had no friends and no one. And yet God placed her in this family situation with Boaz. Boaz was very wealthy. And so God has said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And so look how it worked out so beautifully for Ruth. Boaz worked things out with the other possible relative who could have married her but didn't. And Boaz married her. He rescued her. He was very rich and influential, so she didn't have to be gleaning in the fields anymore. She became a wife and a mother, and Naomi was brought into that family as well. So Naomi now had grandchildren through Ruth. She was a beautiful daughter-in-law. Naomi said she was better than seven sons. (laughs) And she had babies, She had babies. She had lost her husband and it wasn't looking good and now she had babies and a particular kind of baby. She had a son. She had many babies but her firstborn was called Obed and Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse is the father of David, King David, who as we know is in the line of Jesus. And so Ruth, a Gentile woman who, not a Jewish woman at all, was brought into this amazing line and she's actually, you know, one of... Jesus' ancestors. Amazing. Look what God did from being poor, from her husband dying, from not having any children, not having anything. Her life is looking good. And yet she didn't know about David and the future. All she knew was that she was now living life with God and it was a beautiful and noble and good life. And so I just want to encourage you to be like Ruth. Be beautiful, guys. Live your life beautifully amidst all the turmoil that we see around us. Make wise choices. Choose your people. Be excellent in obedience, in hard work, in diligence, in all these things. And trust God. He has a purpose for your life. Just as he had a purpose for Ruth, for that beautiful individual, your life has meaning and purpose and it's beautiful in him. Praise God. Come on, let's pray. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.